What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Tonight at uh, 6 o'clock, NBC5, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson in their first debate as they uh, move towards April. Uh, one will take the fifth floor at City Hall. We're pr- proud to have uh, Commissioner Brandon Johnson on our program. Paul Vallis has uh, been here a number of times and certainly a Steve Cochran guest uh, quite regularly. Uh, Commissioner, welcome to WS, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate those jingles. Um, some really fascinating things there. Maybe a side job. <laughs> well, I know that you have some music in your background. Time permitting, we'll get to that. Um, I wanted to start with what I just described to my listeners as the famous, this is before your time, 1980, mm-hmm. Roger Mudd, NBC News, question to Senator Ted Kennedy when he was uh, challenging Jimmy Carter for the Democratic nomination. Uh, he simply said, uh, why do you want to be president? And Ted Kennedy could not answer it. So Brandon Johnson... Why would you like to be mayor of Chicago? Yeah, thank you. And again, I appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you and your audience today. You know, look, there's been a tale of two cities in the city of Chicago for a long time. Um, those who have um, are working hard to protect it, and those that have less uh, have been losing. And, you know, we can't have a city as dramatic and as dynamic as the city of Chicago, where people are too poor to live in one of the wealthiest economies of the world. And so I want to disrupt and destroy this tell of two cities and usher in one story for one Chicago. Your website has a, a lot of initiatives that you say you start on your first day if you're elected mayor. There's some specifically I want to talk about. But first, top of mind of everybody, not only here in Chicago, other major urban areas, even smaller towns, is the uptick in crime. Now, it's an uptick in crime. It's also a, a decrease in arrests. Uh, how do you walk the line between being tough on criminals and holding the CPD accountable? Yeah, it's about being smart. And, you know, look, the other night ago, Tuesday night, we're all excited to my home. And um, the very next night, adrenaline is still running on Wednesday night. And uh, my oldest son, he's 15. He's a freshman at Kenwood Academy on the south side. And uh, there were gunshots right outside our front door again. I love the, the, the city of Chicago. I love the people of the city of Chicago. It is a very serious problem that we're all impacted by. And as much as we love living in Austin on the west side of Chicago, it is um, a neighborhood that has been disinvested. And as a result of that, um, we, we are living right in the midst of, of violence. And so it is top of mind. It's a concern. Of course, it's a serious problem. Um, and it's been quite dramatic. And that's why I put together um, a full, robust, sweeping public safety plan that gets at the immediacy of addressing crime in Chicago while also addressing the root causes. And part of my public safety plan right away, we can promote 200 more detectives to solve crime. And that's been the big challenge. We're not solving uh, crime in the city of Chicago. And, and here's how we ultimately hold, um, the, you know, CPT accountable is by implementing the, the, the consent decree. Does the um, next superintendent I, have to come with, from within the uh, department in your mind? That's preferred. But here's the bigger dynamic. You know, it's not just about making sure that they have an understanding of the city of Chicago, but they have to possess the, the characteristics that my father instilled in me um, about leadership. And that's being compassionate, being collaborative, and being competent. And that, that's what leadership has to entail. Because, again, public safety 
and crime in the city of Chicago is, is, is serious. And if we're not solving crime in Chicago, um, that is certainly not going to engender um, um, confidence, but it's certainly not, um, it's, 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 it's not only going to not engender confidence, but it's going to continue to disrupt you know, the very individuals who are trying to serve and protect us every single day. And that's why having more detectives and promoting immediately uh, provides support on the front line to actually do that, just that. Commissioner Johnson, how does ending no-knock warrants, closing Holman Square, ending the shot spotter contract, and erasing the gang da- database, how does that help lower crime? Yeah, the shot spotter just doesn't work. And that's coming from the old IG report uh, from within the city of Chicago. You know, it just hasn't worked. We're spending $10 million on ShotSpotter, where 200000 of the, the so-called um, provocations through ShotSpotter, they end in dead ends. You know, large, you know, uh, loud noises, um, a, a car door closing hard or fireworks. It hasn't led to us actually solving crime and ending, okay. um, you know, the gun violence. Oh, so so the technology is not there. So, okay, fine. Let's set yep. that aside. What about no-knock warrants? I mean, the, the detectives and the tactical units, I mean, they depend on that to keep themselves safe. What's wrong with no-knock warrants? Now, we've had some bad incidents with those, I understand. And people that made mistakes have been published, punished. But why eliminate the program entirely? Because it hasn't determined that it actually works, right? And so we just can't brush off the fact that Anjanette Young, uh, her home was bombarded in. And for 45 minutes, uh, one of our residents of the city of Chicago stood naked. You know, I mean, and so when we talk about accountability, we have to make sure that our policing strategies are smart and that no one wants to live in a city that's unsafe, but no one wants to live in a city where we feel occupied. But in that case, in that case, she's received a settlement, obviously, and the the officers have made the mistake. They've uh, had to deal with punishment. I'm not I'm not going to fixate on this, but it seems like uh, the program probably had successful no-knock warrants incidents as well, and this one highly publicized incident uh, eliminates the whole program. That doesn't seem wise to me. Do you know how much money we've spent on, on those type of mistakes? Yes. Right? You know what I'm saying? And so you, you just can't dismiss that. The fact of the matter is, look, if you want a safe city, you have to do what safe cities in America do. And that's making sure that we're solving crime. Look, it's going to cost the city of Chicago, and I'm prepared to spend this money, conservatively $50 million, $50 million to implement the consent decree. Part of the consent decree requires us to actually have research and policy to come up with laws to actually keep us safe. We're not even spending money to help write the policy, right? And so this is why you have to have a comprehensive approach to, to public safety. Think about it. We have red flag laws that we're not enforcing in the city of Chicago. Now, my opponent was just endorsed by Ken Griffin, who, of course, invests in money in, create, in causing and developing more manufacturing of guns, <laughs> putting That's more guns on the streets of Chicago. Yes. And so I'm working hard, uh, you know, as a Cook County commissioner, as a father who's raising three children on the west side of Chicago to keep guns off the street. And so that's why my leadership in this moment is exactly what the city of Chicago deserves and wants. When you're talking about repeated gun offenders, when you're talking about repeated uh, gun offenders specifically, how much responsibility falls in the state's attorney's office there? We also have to make sure that this is why we need 200 more detectives, right? We have to make sure that we're providing evidence so that the evidence allows for the type of convictions that can ultimately hold those who commit these crimes accountable. Look, all of it works together. It does. And so this is not about one particular division. This is about what we do collectively. And this is what I'm saying. When I talk about 
disrupting this tale of two cities that also includes in making sure that we are cooperating collectively to make sure that we are solving violent crimes in the city of Chicago. You have 11, 12, 13-year-olds being accused of some of these violent acts. And we cannot solve carjacking, right? We're putting too much pressure on the front line, particularly with, with police officers, who are being forced to respond to 911 calls that are mental health crises. Well, I want to get to that. Is that, that. I'd like to talk at length about that sure. at, okay. next. And also, I want to talk about the summer job initiative that you think will help tamp down crime as well. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. We are talking with Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, who uh, is battling Paul Vallis to be the next mayor of the city of Chicago. In our remaining moments, a couple of uh, questions presented uh, to you, Commissioner, from my listeners. As a CTU member, how can Chicago voters trust that she'll be a fair advocate for us while negotiating a new contract with the CTU? Because once I'm mayor of the city of Chicago, I will no longer be a member of the Chicago Teachers Union. I won't be paying dues anymore. And just as I've done uh, as a Cook County commissioner, where I was supported by labor and labor went on strike. And, you know, as a fiduciary, I took the responsibility of protecting um, not just workers, but protecting the taxpayers. And even when labor uh, wanted more out of the county government, um, and as that strike continued, we went into arbitration and the arbiter agreed with with us, um, the Cook County Board. And sometimes you're, you're going to have to have tough conversations with, with, with people that you love. And, and I'm used to it. I, I come from a very large family. Um, I'm one of 10 siblings. My parents raised us in a working class home with one bathroom. And uh, we certainly figured out how to negotiate, how to get everybody clean and out the house on time. And that's what we're going to do uh, once I'm mayor of the city of Chicago. We're all going to figure it out together. This is a question from Gil, and I have many here text messages from a lot of listeners say, well, with the corresponding crime issues, uh, businesses have fled all areas, all neighborhoods in the city. Uh, yeah. Will companies stay in the city with your proposed tax increases? Yeah, so what we do is we actually eliminate the structural deficit, right? We got to do that. And that deficit was, was caused uh, by poor financing um, in the 90s, in which when Paul Dallas was in charge, we had over 900 people getting murdered every year consistently, uh, where he defunded the pension, which caused the taxpayers $2.5 billion in taxes. It's why my budget plan is very clear. We get rid of that structure, eliminate the debt, we make critical investments, and we do it without raising property taxes. Look, the bottom line is I'm the only one who's presented a plan. Paul Vallis put presented a budget plan, and he's going to raise property taxes by $250 million. I'm not going to do that. And the way we attract businesses is by incentivizing them, but also making sure that we are investing in our public schools to create a workforce um, that can actually um, um, inherit the type of economic growth that we're going to experience by making those proper investments. So um, it's a budget plan that's balanced, but it is a living document. And if there are things on there um, that people uh, wish to debate, we get to do that. And that's why I presented that plan. Does it, con- tell people the truth. Does it concern you that both Willie Wilson and Jesse White have endorsed Paul Vallis? You know, what concerns me is that we've had this tell of two cities 
um, in which we have 65,623 people who are unhoused. What concerns me is that families like mine, whether you live in Austin or Jefferson Park or anywhere else, um, that, that, you know, our communities are not safe. And that's why I put together a budget plan and a public safety plan that deals with the immediacy and gets out of the, gets at the root causes of, of the challenges as well. Brandon so, Johnson, you know, give me a, a big concern. I'm sorry to interrupt, but give me some of your uh, the specifics. Uh, you said you're going to start by doubling the youth summer employment program to over 60,000 jobs and also build a CPS trauma response network. How do both those programs work, and do we have the money to do so? Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice, and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it, and I was talking like this, and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did, because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith, who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Yeah, we, we, it's a matter of life and death, right? There's a direct correlation between youth employment and violence reduction. And so this is where we have an opportunity to build one city, one story. Working with all of our sister agencies, as well as our corporations and our companies, you know, to help invest in young people. Look, I've been a teacher. I've looked in the eyes of young people um, who do not feel seen and heard. If we're going to transform our city and have a better, stronger, safer one, we have to invest in young people, and that's what I'm committed to doing. But also we have to make sure that we are generating the revenue to make those critical investments. Look, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar budget. We're talking $250 million annually. With a budget that size, we can find $250 million to make investments in public education. Well, the, budget, the mayor's budget proposed about a $16.4 billion. So you're looking for $250,000 for the program. 250 million. Yeah, it's about a 16.7 billion to be exact. 250 million. The point is, we're talking 250 million dollars over the course of a year in a budget that size. We can, we can find that. Okay. We can find that. And, and, I, and I've done it, by the way, as a Cook County Commissioner. We passed a multi-billion dollar budget without raising property taxes while making some of the greatest investments in Cook County government. And I can't wait to do that as the next mayor of the city of Chicago. I think the police would like a break in responding to essentially mental health calls. That being said... Yeah. Uh, don't you worry about the, uh, the the risk factors of sending just health professionals out to respond to 911 calls that are determined to be mental health related? It's a, it's a combination of both. It's also EMT. But here's the big deal, though. I, I, I woke up every single day as a public servant teaching in the Chicago public schools, much like police officers do. You know what makes our jobs hard is when we're asked to do someone else's. You know, look, if, if four out of the 10 calls that are coming through are mental health crises, now how do we make sure that we're actually solving and dealing with the more violent, severe crimes? Over 40% of the violent crime that takes place in the city of Chicago, it occurs in 6% of the city. We know where it is most likely to take place. That's why my public safety plan is not about just tough talk. Like, we can do that, but it's about being smart. And that's what the city of Chicago deserves. Someone who's going to be honest, who's going to get at the root causes by providing mental health services, but to making sure that we are promoting and hiring more detectives so we can begin to actually start solving crime in the city of Chicago. Under my opponent's plan, he's going to raise property taxes, and he certainly does not have a vision to get at the root causes, and he certainly does not, does not have a plan to deal with the immediate crisis. We can't wait two years for public safety, especially when you live in neighborhoods like Austin 
in Inglewood, and even those who are experiencing it in Jefferson Park in downtown. When you're talking, yeah, when you're referencing two years, you're referencing how long it takes to recruit, train, graduate, and deploy new police officers. It's a problem all over the country. And as they continue to reduce the standards, it's why policing um, has not met the standard that the people of this country, and specifically, you know, in this city, it doesn't meet the standard of our expectations. And that's why um, having someone who has served on the front line as a public school teacher, when you run into the trauma, you see the disinvestment. I know what it looks like when individuals are coming to school every single day and they're hurting and they're struggling. And this is not making excuses for people. But we also have to make sure that we are treating people. And we can't keep asking police officers, especially when we say we support them. And I do support police officers as a frontline worker. We can't keep asking them to do someone else's job, not under my watch. Commissioner Brandon Johnson, I guess in our remaining moments, a new poll out has you 11 uh, points behind Paul Vallis right now. Now you surged right before the first round, the election. So uh, are you confident that you can close the gap? You know, no one expected our movement to get to this point. And look, you know, there are a lot of people um, who, um, you know, see this moment as a tremendous opportunity to bring the city of Chicago together. And unfortunately, you know, my opponent has played into the fears of people and the divisive nature that has left families behind. Our promises have to be as big as the city of Chicago. And giving people guaranteed access to reliable transportation, good schools, good paying jobs and affordable housing, access to health care, we can do that. And that will create a better, stronger state for Chicago. And, you know, raised in a working class family, we work, we work hard. And the city of Chicago deserves a mayor who's committed to doing that. And so I'm very confident that regardless of what the polls say today, I know what the polls are going to say April 4th. They're going to say Brandon for Chicago because Brandon is better for Chicago. So I want folks to go to BrandonForChicago.com, and I'm looking forward to having uh, the support on April 4th, voting for me, and ushering in a better, stronger state for Chicago. And I look forward to leading this city. Uh, tonight on stage uh, with Paul Vallis, 6 o'clock on NBC5, uh, pocket handkerchief or no pocket handkerchief? So I'm going to surprise you tonight. How about that? <laughs> I'd recommend. I, I think, I think the, uh, the pocket square is gratuitous. I would uh, forego it myself. As a working class person, I will definitely wear the bracelet that my eight-year-old daughter uh, made for me because it keeps me calm. So you will see that tonight. How about that? <laughs> okay. Commissioner, thanks for your time. I hope to have you back before April 4th. Oh, you will. Look forward to it. BrandonForChicago.com, y'all. Take care. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.